This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Jason Aponte is out today, so I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. But don't worry, Steph Sanchez is here. She was at practice yesterday. Steph, I'm so excited. I just want to know everything you saw and heard. Wow, everything, right? Um, <laughs> it's empty and I, open. I mean, yesterday I thought was a great first day for me to be there because it was the first day of pads. Um, we got three 11 on 11 sessions, which I think was one extra than they had been doing in the previous practices based on, you know, some of the people who were there and what I heard from them. So I think that's exciting. We got an extra look at all of the quarterbacks as well as, you know, the running backs and defensive linemen. I thought Kinlaw looked great. Ooh. He looks great. I'm Uh-oh. drinking the Kool-Aid right now with Javon <laughs> Kinlaw. I hope, uh, you know, I hope I don't get burned. But if he's healthy, let's just say this. If he's healthy, I know that's a big, you know, caveat. But he's going to be featured as a rotational piece. Like, he, he's that good where I think he's going to get some good snaps. And he's whatever he can give you, I think, is going to be a bonus for this team. So very excited to see that Ken law is doing well and he looks healthy out there and he looks quick and explosive. Um, in the one-on-ones yesterday, he, all the ones that I saw from him, he won all of them. So granted, I, I maybe didn't see all of his one-on-one reps, but the ones I saw, he, he beat the guy he was going up against handedly. So Drake Jackson as well had a great day. Um, especially in one-on-ones as well. He was beating some guys. So I think we could feel good about some of these guys on the defensive line. Daryl Johnson, uh, he's more of a a depth guy, but he's been making some plays out there. He batted two passes yesterday. Um, So someone to keep an eye on, you know, someone who who can maybe earn himself some more time. And I'm so glad you said that. And by the way, everybody, like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube page and to Steph's YouTube page, 49 Carats. Uh, We always appreciate your ratings and your reviews for the pod, by the way. That is a huge, huge help. Shout out to SS49er Man, five stars. I listen to most of the 49ers podcasts out there, but this one is by far the best. 49ers in five is so underrated. Can't say enough about the good things about everyone on the pod. I enjoy all the different personalities and takes and just really look forward to the daily episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please keep those coming. If you're picking up on a vibe on today's show, we're going to get to some quarterback stuff because Mike Silver basically wrote Trey Lance's 49ers obituary yesterday. We're going to get to that. But first, we're going to start with the positive stuff because... There's so much good stuff going on with this team, and I feel like we are overlooking it because of all the quarterback stuff. The rest of this team looks loaded, and like you were just saying, even some of the guys that we thought maybe were kind of on the fringes are really looking good early on. 
Yeah, they are. And look, a guy who isn't on the fringe, who I haven't mentioned yet, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he looks great out there. And it's like kind of cliche because, well, yeah, duh, Christian McCaffrey is going to look good. But the fact that I'm pointing it out is because he looks better than you would even expect or think, you know, going into uh, these practices. I mean, he's on 100 every single play. He had a great play yesterday with where Brock Purdy hit him. Uh, you know, kind of deep. And I, I believe most were counting that as a touchdown. So he just looks um, like a man amongst boys out there. And I'm, I'm really excited for how he looks another year in this system. I think all the running backs honestly look great. I, I didn't see any, any of them look bad. Jordan Mason has had, I think, two to three fumbles in camp and the entirety of camp. He didn't have any yesterday, though, when the pads came on. So, hey, that's good. Baby steps, right? Uh, <laughs> so hopefully the fumbles don't, you know, go into the season. But, you know, I haven't seen too much about Braden Willis and Cameron Latu. Latu had uh, two drops yesterday. Ronnie Bell looked good, though. Uh, he caught a couple passes from Darnold in, uh, I believe it was they were both in the situational period uh and man let's see let's, let me go down the list here i didn't get a good look at at the linebackers today that's one thing that today i'm going to look at a little bit more as well as the offensive line uh but you know i'm just excited for this group of guys you said it rob i think there's a lot of talent on this team and looking outside of the quarterback position there's really nothing but good things to say which like don't just let that pass over you like everywhere on this roster is really, really good. You're not the only one that's been talking about Javon Kimmel. He's been getting praise from everybody and he's in the perfect position to succeed because they don't need him to start. They don't need him to play every game. They just need him to be a rotational piece. Like you said, and that could be perfect given all the health problems that he has had. He may be able to just come in there on certain packages, certain downs, and be a really valuable contributor instead of having to be, you know, Javon Hargrave. Yeah, it's really a win-win situation, you know, for the both of them, the 49ers and Kinlaw. And I feel like this was probably the first offseason since he's been in the league where he wasn't either rehabbing something or was had a cleanup surgery of some sort. So I think his, this offseason he really got the chance to – just improve as a football player and so far it, it's showing up so I think that's really great for him and again the fact that the 49ers don't necessarily need to depend on him to be that guy on the interior I think is also good for him I think it takes some pressure off of him and his knees you know uh he's going to get some appropriate rest but he's going to be fresh when he does go out there so hopefully hopefully uh, you know, the health stays throughout camp because this time last year, we were kind of doing the same thing where Kinlaw, you know, he looked great. He looked in shape mm -hmm. and, you know, he did suffer a setback during camp in which they had to then reel him back a little bit. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, now that the pads are on, I think some of these guys are going to play a little bit harder. And so I think, these next few weeks are going to be a, a good test for Kinlaw and how his knees hold up. Yeah. We saw pads go on for the first time, immediate fight. Like It took like two seconds for right? this defense <laughs> to get a little too physical with the offense. I heard the, uh, was it Juwan Jennings that was in the middle of that whole scrum? Well, 
I I heard it was it was something having to do with Elijah Mitchell. Someone knocked down Elijah Mitchell. I don't know if that's what started it. Um, okay. But yes, it was it was definitely the defense. You know, getting maybe a little too physical, and then you know, next thing you know, it's you know 30 plus guys just in a scuffle and so you can't really make out who's who right you just know there's a there's a big fight going on uh at, at after that it looked like the in the middle it was uh tay martin and quantra's night that's what i saw and mm. i believe tay martin got his helmet uh <laughs> knocked out of him so uh yeah but that that's as expected you know you want your guys to have that competitive spirit granted you don't want it to get that bad there was also some contact from clinton farrell on brock purdy yeah, i'm dude. surprised that didn't start a fight honestly because what you, don't, you do not touch your quarterback especially brock coming off the injury that he is it it looked very similar to the nfc championship injury like i'm not even gonna lie to you but thankfully he must have not gotten maybe a lot of contact on brock's arm because brock seemed fine after it um, but yeah, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be careful for those things. It, and that's the fine line in training camp. You, you want to go all out. You, some of these guys are fighting for a roster spot. You want to show that intensity and competitive spirit, but at the same time, you are playing against your teammates. So you don't want to, you know, injure anyone while out there. Cleveland Farrell, the fastest way for you to get off this team is to potentially injure Brock Purdy. But I will say now that we know he's okay, and it seems like he is, it might not have been the worst thing in the world because there is a mental hurdle that he's going to have to get over when it comes to that arm and guys being close to the arm. And so maybe, you know, like it might not be the worst thing in the world if he had a little contact and he's like, oh, all right, I'm okay. Like we're, we're going to be fine. So it might not be the worst thing in the world now that we know he's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree to that uh, to some degree now that we know he's fine. Um, because yeah, you're right. That mental hurdle is big and you don't want quarterbacks second guessing those things in the heat of the moment in a game. Right. So maybe it's nice to get that out of the way now in which normally you, you wouldn't in training camp because normally defenses aren't going to be touching you. But in this case, uh, Clint Farrell maybe got a little too close. <laughs> Nick Eller. Steph got the waves and that hair working today. I'm telling you, man, it's can, mystical. It's magical. Surf on this hair. You can. It's fantastic. <laughs> Everybody notices it like immediately. Well, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I do think that, and this is something that has come up a lot in some spaces that I've been in, the coverage of what has gone on it's been very different depending on who you get it from, whether it's Lombardi or Grant or you or Kyle Posey, very, very different accounts of the same practices. So here's what I do. So the practices that I wasn't attending and all I had were people's reports. I retweet multiple accounts because I want everyone to have 
all of these takes, all of these opinions, and then we can formulate, I guess, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I just want everyone to get, I guess, all of the information, all of the context from all sides, you know, whoever's maybe a little more trade bias, whoever's a little, maybe a little more pretty bias, whoever's, you know, objective. I, I try to get all of that out there. I mostly try to look at some of the more objective stuff. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's crazy because I, me being out there, and it was the same thing last year. You have people who have a slightly different opinion from what you literally saw. Like you saw it with your own two eyes and, and someone is telling you, you know, just putting a little more sugar on it. Uh, to make it seem a little different but those are people's biases you know coming out and I try to stay away from that I'm sure I have some myself uh, but I, I try to be objective as much as possible but yeah it, it is difficult at times uh, I, but yeah my advice would just be to look at all of the reports and then you know kind of then take it in and you will see some that overlap some of the reports that are, are kind of in line with each other. Believe those because that's right. usually the, the truth. And if you want to like, there's different approaches you can take with training camp with me, especially I always go in very skeptical, stunning. I know, but like, I just, you know, try to lower the expectations We've seen guys have great training camps, great preseasons, and not be able to carry it over. So I try and take everything with a huge grain of salt. But that's not the way you have to do it. If you want to go in and get on the hype train and get on board and believe, you know, all the positive vibes and everything's going, that's good, too. Good for you. If you can't have hope right now in August, on August 1st, if we do this, then what the hell are you rooting for as a fan? I get that, too. There's different approaches you can take. And if you want to do it, I'm not going to be here to criticize you. But I agree, Steph. You have to get your information from multiple people and see sort of what lines up and what doesn't. And shout out to to Kyle Posey, uh, you know, KP from Niners Nation. I thought he had one of the more objective, not only objective, but also like he provided context uh, in a great amount of context um, in his reporting and in his, you know, recap of what happened at yesterday's practice. So um, definitely KP, check, check his stuff out on Niners Nation. But yeah, I mean, and, you know, actually, the thing is that, too, some fans are going to gravitate towards the reports that confirm their priors and, and their own biases, right? So I think as fans, like, we also just have to look inside ourselves, dig deep, <laughs> find that bias that you may have and try to say, no, I'm not doing it today. Uh, I'm just going to look at all of the reports and, uh, you know, make an opinion from there. I'm not going to let my you know, emotions get in the way of it. But Rob, I, I got to be honest with you. I thought that Lance did have a strong day yesterday. I couldn't for sure, for sure say that it was the best day he had had because I hadn't been at the other practices. Right. Fair. But he looked, he looked good to me. And I honestly, I saw some people saying that Brock looked bad or that he struggled. I didn't think that he looked bad and I didn't think that he necessarily struggled. I just think that he he had a couple of weird plays and they happened back to back. Uh, one of them was the one in which he he lost. Oh, sorry. Wait, the first one was uh, he tried to, I think, one step uh, a pass and 
kind of fell to the ground. It didn't really go anywhere, and I didn't see anyone too close to that ball. So kind of weird play. I didn't really make out what uh, occurred on that one. And then the following play was his interception to uh, Quantrez Knight. Oh, sorry, to Dre Greenlaw. Mm -hmm. So that was a weird two-play stretch for Purdy, but I think he, he did fine outside of that. And again, I know we keep talking about him shaking off the rust. And I, you know, I think that's legit. He hasn't thrown to these guys since the NFC championship game. Right. So I think there is going to be some of that and I'm not too concerned about it right now. What you want to see out there is good decision making and you want to see quick decisions as well. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, he was checking down a lot. Darnold was too. But like, that's part of having, you know, quick decision making, you know, if, if, Defenders are coming at you. Get it out to your outlet. Um, a completion is better than no completion. So I think also maybe the the coaches are probably looking at it that way as well. Not so much about how far the ball goes. Let, let's not forget also this team is very much um, predicated on the short game uh, and you know the short intermediate passes. It's what's successful. It's what Kyle Shanahan likes. So what might not look very sexy to us in camp, you know, on the field when we watch some of these quarterbacks play, it could be exactly what Kyle Shanahan wanted and where he wanted the quarterback to go on that ball. We do not know these things, right? So, yes, Kyle Shanahan is probably going to evaluate the quarterback position a little bit differently than we do. Um, but I will say I didn't think Brock looked as bad as some people are saying. Um, and I thought that Trey Lance looked good, which, uh, you know, Sam Darnold looked looked fine, too. But, Rob, I'll, I'll give you a chance to reply to that. I was about to go into a tangent on uh, the uh, Mike Silver article, but uh, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, respond before we, okay. we go down that ugly path. <laughs> um, I will say I completely agree with you. Results are sexier than process, but process is what the Niners are looking at and what they value more than anything else. Like well, you mentioned the checkdowns. Just because it's a checkdown doesn't necessarily make it bad. That might be what the play called for given that particular defense. We look it up. Oh, it's a short completion. Oh, well, you know, that's terrible. You didn't look deep. It's like that's that's not how it works. Process is what counts, and that's what the Niners are looking at. And that's very hard for us to evaluate, you know, mm -hmm especially me in Connecticut, not at the practice, but even when you're at the practice in the moment, because there's a lot going on. You're trying to chart everything and write everything down and all of that stuff. I tweeted something yesterday that got a lot of people mad. And as I tend to do, I think it's interesting that people keep talking about Brock Purdy and rust. He's got to shake the rust off and all this stuff. And that's true. He does. He hadn't thrown a pass in practice since January. But Trey Lance is coming off surgery, too, and he's got to shake off Russ. And I get that he was there in OTAs, but I didn't hear a lot of people talking about Trey Lance and Rust. When Trey Lance throws an incompletion or has a bad ball, I feel like everybody clutches their pearls of their say. Look, oh, see? He's not accurate. We just lost Steph here. I don't know what happened on the stream, but I'll continue my rant. When Trey throws an inaccurate pass, it's, oh, my God, he's not accurate. It's so terrible. It's not. Hey, he's rusty. Hey, he's coming off major ankle surgery. Hey, he needs to shake off the rust too a little bit. So, yeah, I don't really understand the difference in those two things. Welcome back, Steph. We missed you. I accidentally closed my tab. I need to stop 
<laughs> tabs while I'm live because not the first time I've done that. Sorry about that. And it's sorry I missed part of your uh your rant there, but I count most of it. I count most nope. of it. And um yeah, you mentioning that you know Lance is also coming off an injury. Uh, yeah, I mean I get it. He's been cleared for longer. I know you made that point as well. Uh but I think that's why we're we're not hearing about it because Lance has had the opportunity to work with these guys for you know the last couple months. So I would expect that his chemistry, his connection with some of these guys is further along. That being said, yesterday, Trey Lance, I think both of the incompletions, if I'm not mistaken, were due to miscommunications. One of them was with uh, Jordan Mason. The other one might have been with Jordan Mason as well. Um, and so I, th I think it was going to be a wheel route that Jordan Mason was running and it looked like Trey Lance expected uh, Mason to stop and come back for the ball. Instead, Mason kept going. And so that's, that's what led to that incompletion for Lance. So that was at least one of the two that he had. Uh, but you know, to a certain extent, you also expect that some of those things are going to happen. Like mm -hmm. someone's not going to call that rust because that's just part of training camp where, you know, a couple guys aren't on the same page. Maybe rust is being used a little too loosely for Brock Purdy. Maybe it is just the fact that it's training camp and some guys aren't on the same page. Um, you know, so I don't know. Take, take it for, for what it is. I, I think I'm not too worried about Brock and people saying like, Oh, he's, he's still struggling. Oh, he's, he's still rusty. Um, because I made the point that in last year's camp, I thought Brock Purdy looked terrible. I didn't think he was going to make the 53 and going back to what we were just talking about. We on the stands, we looking at stats, evaluate the quarterback position in training camp differently than the, the coaches do because the coaches know the context. They know what they're looking for and it could just be, okay, you had the right read, but you threw an interception. Let's just fix that next time. You know? So I think that was probably more so the case for, for Brock Purdy in last year's camp. And maybe now he's make, he's still making the right reads. He's still making the right decisions, but as far as the timing, as far as, you know, maybe the connection and the chemistry with his receivers, maybe that still has some ways to go. So we don't really know. I, I don't think I can say that Purdy is struggling out there, though. I, I don't think that's really what I've seen. He still looks confident. He still looks like he has command of the offense. And I don't think a guy who's out there making mistakes necessarily is is going to look that way. And, you know, maybe maybe he, he is making mistakes and maybe he is just so confident that he does, he's not going to let it get to him. That's another good thing about uh, to evaluate on, on quarterbacks is how they react in those situations. And I think Brock Purdy's, he looks like the same guy that he was in those games that he played um, at the end of last year. Well, that's good because that was definitely a huge part of his kind of like allure was the fact that he had that confidence. He gave the team confidence when they thought their season was going down the drain. And I think that has gone a long way into why a lot of people are so attached to him so quickly because he rescued them from what they thought was just going to be a lost year. And I, I don't underestimate that. I really don't because the players probably felt that in the locker room too. And so when he brought them back from that, it was like, holy crap, now you really want to believe in this person. And now I think it's actually kind of clouding the picture of things, but we can get into that later. Let's get into the Mike Silver article. 
came out last night. I was tweeting about it. I saw a lot of people very upset about the silver article. I called it Trey Lance's 49ers obituary because to me it was the most damning article I've seen on him. Uh, I, if you're watching on YouTube, I just threw up a clip, uh, a portion of it that Bonta Hill tweeted out. And Silver's take is basically the Niners should keep the best three quarterbacks. And if Trey Lance isn't one, then they should get rid of him. And Silver writes, that might mean trading Lance, though his current value isn't something the Niners front office surely would find depressing. As I reported last week, the Niners weren't offered anything better than a fifth round pick this spring. It's possible that impressive performances in next week's joint workouts against the Raiders and in the preseason could juice that up a bit, as could waves of injuries to other teams' quarterbacks. Worst case, the 49ers could cut Lance. And yes, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this scenario is not outside the realm of possibility. Simply put, after the way last season ended, Shanahan no longer has the luxury of messing around. Steph, do you think Mike Silver is being unfair to Trey Lance? Um, I, I don't know about unfair. I, I just thought I, it was harsh. <laughs> it was harsh. And to even suggest that Lance isn't one of the best three quarterbacks on this team was an insult. Like I, I didn't even need to see all these practices to know that Trey Lance is better than Brandon Allen. And I, I think even seeing it yesterday, seeing these quarterbacks yesterday, like, Trey Lance is better than Brandon Allen. Like, what are we even doing here? So what what is the point of this article? What is the point of even saying that the 49ers might need to cut ties with Trey Lance if he's one of the best three quarterbacks on the team? I like I in in on any day, but he put this out the day that Trey Lance had his best day of camp. And some were saying it's the best day he's had since he's been with the 49ers in training camp. This was the best camp out of all the camps that he's been at. So I, I think that was crazy. That was nasty work from, from Silver to put this out at, at the time that he did. Um, so that poor that portion of it is, is unfair. Like to do it on a day where he did well, uh, don't even get me started about that. Um, you know, chat GPT bot on Twitter, Dov climbing or whatever the hell his name is. I, it's just, it's so what's unfair is how some people report on Trey Lance. Like, because I don't, I don't think it needs to go down that, that path of being so, I don't know. It's just, it is unfair. Why, why speak on him that way? Dude, Dov put that tweet out. Like what the other day that Lance was struggling because I think it was after Friday's practice. Um, sure. But today or yesterday he was crickets this morning. He puts out a tweet with a video from OTAs from one of the bag (laughs) drills, one of the bag drills. Um, where Lance kind of, you know, sailed it a little high on during a bag drill. Uh, and he's, he reiterated that he's struggling right after the day that Trey Lance looked the best that he had looked in training camp. What are we doing here? Like that's, that's what's nasty work. That's what's nasty work is when people go out of their way to say bad things about Trey Lance even in the face of him doing well, like that doesn't even make sense. And to me, that just shows that there's some, there's some bias out there against Trey Lance and that a lot of people have. And it, it, 
it's it goes beyond just the fans like there's it's in the media as well and and so that's what you know bothers me the most because i don't think that's fair to lance yeah you you can say a lot of things that are fair like the fact that yeah he's gotten hurt he did have the opportunity to be the starting quarterback last year he got hurt that was unfortunate i understand why he's not the qb1 he's not be he's not being handed that position right now brock purdy did great last year but come on, there are, there are certain things that people are just reaching to say bad about Lance, and it, it's despicable. It's it's really it's really nasty stuff right now. Here's more from the Silver article. Though it might upset the it's not fair crowd, Lance has had opportunities to seize this job. He started two games as a rookie and made some situational substitutions in the early part of the season, then had an entire offseason training camp and preseason as the unquestioned number one on the depth chart. Some young quarterbacks would be thrilled to get so many chances. And to be clear, by so many chances, we mean the 262 total snaps that Trey Lance has taken in his entire 49ers career. And like I said, you you could understand. Like I think the average fan understands why uh, why Brock Purdy is a starter and Trey Lance is fighting for a backup spot. Like I think most reasonable people would understand why that is. But that being said, you can't then say that Trey Lance is going to get cut that he isn't one of the top three quarterbacks on this team because that is something entirely different that is what's not fair it's not the fact that he's competing for a backup spot right now sure like that is what it is and I understand why the 49ers are in that position where you know he's he's fighting for that spot but come on I I just can't I can't see him getting cut I think that would be that's what would be unfair if, if the 49ers cut him at this stage. He looks better than Brandon Allen, and he's getting way more reps than Brandon Allen, too. Like, for all they invested in him, the least they can do is stick it out and just see if he can turn a corner at some point. And again, coming off of him having one of the best days he's had in camp, why can't we just wait and see? It's very, very strange. Silver went on to write, uh, let's see. I just had it. I apologize. Oh, here it is. Shanahan has to decide in his heart of hearts which quarterback he'd want guiding his team in a must-win game. If that choice comes down to Lance or Allen, as it could, Shanahan should shoot, should close his eyes and answer that question and that question only. What In what universe do you feel like Brandon Allen gives you the, the best take? That's the weirdest part of this. And then... What got really weird, too, was how Silver started defending it. And he tweeted something in the comments that stunned me. And I'm throwing it up on the screen. I know I can't zoom in on it, unfortunately. Uh, it's not really working right now. Maybe you tell me if this is better, Steph. Is that bigger? I think you can screen? zoom in. Yeah, it is bigger on the screen. Okay. So yeah. I tweeted out the article. Someone responded, LOL. Then somebody wrote, only one writer tried to portray the locker room as ecstatic after Trey was hurt last year. Take a wild guess who that was. And Silver responded, yeah, right. That column aged well, by the way. Stay strong. That stunned me. Like, what was what was he saying there? Was he saying that the, he was right, that the locker room was happy that Trey got hurt? Is he saying that they're happy that Trey's not the guy now? I thought that was a very loaded comment from him. It's not only very loaded, it was very low. <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't think he 
just gets really uh, rude on on the timeline if you don't agree <laughs> with something. That this is why I'm blocked. This is why I'm blocked by Mike Silver. Um, I don't even remember what I said, but I'm blocked. And so, you know, originally when this story came out, I did not see it, I, and I've only seen the little excerpts that people have posted. Um, but yeah, it just. And that's, I think, what makes it feel mean-spirited that this article even came out anyway. Because if you're going to be responding like this on the timeline to, you know, what people are saying, it kind of feels like maybe he has a bias, right? Could be. Uh, Everyone has a bias. Like you said, we all have biases and we all need to be aware of it. And he's certainly not been on the Lance train. But the other thing with Lance is, like, if you cut him now, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost the 49ers money. So like, why would they, why would they do that? That doesn't make any financial sense to do. And when you cut someone, you are really making a statement. You're either saying, Hey, we desperately need the money, which in in this case would not apply because he's going to cost you money. But then you're also saying we are much better off without this person. We are a better team without you being a part of the organization. And I just don't see the 49ers thinking that or saying that. But, I mean, Silver threw it out there like it's a real possibility, and I'm going to be totally honest with people. I was texting with him a little bit after this came out, and the point that he kept making to me was essentially the only person whose opinion matters is Shanahan's, and which I think he even wrote in the article. And basically, like, if Kyle thinks that Trey ain't it and that Brandon Allen is a better fit, then he's going to go with him, and he doesn't care what anybody else in the organization thinks. We better not be there. I'll just say that. I'll, I will well, lose my mind. Well, is he suggesting that maybe he's gotten some of this information or some of this, what he said is maybe coming from Shanahan or that Shanahan kind of thinks this way about Lance? He didn't, he didn't hint that to me, but what I will say is like Mike Silver has sources within the 49ers organization. Don't just rule this out because you don't like the message and because the message might be scary that Trey Lance might be getting cut. He was right about the arm fatigue. Like you can, we, a lot of people dragged him for that. He was right. Trey Lance himself confirmed it. So like, don't just write this off immediately. Now how he expressed it. And some of the, you know, I think there's a lot of room to talk about there, but like, don't just say, Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So like, no, he's got deep connections to this 49ers front office. He has been doing this for a minute. It's just like it's just the way. Yes, you're right. It's the way he says it that I think bothers me and and yes. everyone else because it's it's just rude. <laughs> it's just plain rude. There's nothing like politically correct about it. He doesn't mince his words. It could very well be how the 49ers feel, but I I would just hope it wouldn't be that harsh. I mean, we've been talking for some time now that you know Trey Lance could be traded, and we think eventually he can be traded. But right now, right now, I'm really not thinking about that because I think he's he is putting himself in a position to stay on this team. And and so it hasn't even crossed my mind so far. I don't think he's looked that bad in in camp for the 49ers to you know continue to consider it right now. That being said, I think the the biggest thing with Lance and, you know, David Lombardi did uh, say this yesterday too, like consistency. You, you just need to see consistency from him. And I think also like you, he needs to be able to hit the, the easy throws as well. Because one thing I've also mentioned is like Lance can make the hard throws look easy. 
but sometimes the easy wide open throws he can miss those at times and then you know I think Darnold has had some of those as well but you know for the most part I think that's been Trey's Achilles heel in proving to Kyle Shanahan uh that he has earned a, a spot as as the backup right so I, I think he just needs to minute. yeah I'm almost wondering like if we need to re to change our thinking on that right like what if we just need to get used to the idea that hey Trey Lance is going to miss some of those easy ones but he's going to hit some of the really really hard ones I think that like with Jimmy Garoppolo he never made and hit the hard throws so when he missed the easy ones it was like oh my god how are we going to move the ball but if you miss a guy you know on a five yard out and you miss it on second and four but then on third and eight, you throw a laser down the field through, you know, into double coverage and get the completion like you're still ahead. That's OK. And I just wonder if like with Trey Lance, Kyle Posey always says like he's not a singles hitter, right? Like he goes for doubles and triples and home runs. Do we just need to change our thinking and like live with the fact that, hey, he's going to miss some of those. But ultimately, the offense will be better off because he's going to hit the bigger throws down the field. Well, Rob, you would have to change Kyle Shanahan's thinking, and I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Um, like, come on, Kyle Shanahan, his entire offense is based on the short game and, and you know, hitting those short throws to be able to, you know, move the ball down the field, right? So it, it's almost like he doesn't care if you can hit the – the big throws like that's not as important to him that's why it never mattered that <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo could never hit those and they still stuck by him uh like they did because he he was good at the short intermediate stuff so kind of Lance is like kind of the opposite right now and yeah. so that's the opposite of what Kyle Shanahan wants out of his quarterback and so to an extent you know I think it's it's just that Lance sooner or later is going to have to come around to being more consistent in that area. If you know, he's going to prove to and gain Kyle Shanahan's trust uh, on this team. So I, I will say that I think that's a legit thing that Lance does just need to um, stack his days and also build that consistency in that area. And then I think things will be better off. Nick Ellert says Kyle would say the offense is not better off rhythm and time consumption, not two big plays a game. I'm not talking about two big plays a game. Again, sometimes I think people are acting like Trey Lance was Tim Tebow out there. He wasn't. He what like we freak out when he makes many misses a throw like, oh, his accuracy is so bad. He's not Tim Tebow out there. He's never had a game like that. He's never had a game like Sam Darnold had against the Saints last year when he was like six of 15 for 43 yards with two picks and two fumbles. Trey has never done that. Sometimes he gets treated like that. It's very, very frustrating to me. Every incompletion by Trey Lance on a short pass is not a referendum on his accuracy. Sometimes like you just don't have the throw. Like, I, I don't know. I think people are freaking out about that. One more thing before we go, and that was John Lynch uh, talking about Nick Bosa yesterday. He met the media and gave us a Bosa update. I don't like this. I don't like not having one of our best players here. We've got a really good track record that I'm proud of as a group of having our players in. But I also understand it and understand that we're going to have to exhibit some patience and understand um, that ultimately this thing will work out. I'm very confident in that. 
And uh, we're just going to have to have that right mix of urgency and patience. And, and again, I remain confident that, that uh, we will come to an agreement and get, get things taken care of so we can have one of our best players, uh, one of the best teammates. Uh, this is the guy that addresses our team every Saturday and just gives his wisdom. Uh, we, we miss him and, and looking forward to the day he's coming back. To me, what I take from that is we're going to get a deal done, but it's going to be a minute. Yeah, and, and that's no surprise because when you talk about a deal as massive as this one is about to be, there's a, there, I think there's going to be a lot of intricacies that they need to figure out. Um, of course, with what we can just assume is going to be a crazy number for the guarantees alone, like I think the 49ers are going to want to bring that number down, first of all while the agent's going to want to bring that number up. So I think there's a lot of just meeting in the middle on this, and I think there's still some chipping away to do. But that being said, I'm encouraged, and I, I have never felt that the deal would never get done. So I, I do feel good that it will be. I'm not worried about that. But more so, at what point do you start to worry that he's not out there with the team? I mean – we don't worry about his conditioning at all. We know he's going to be out there in shape. And also, he's never played a preseason game So, as a NFL player. So his involvement in those doesn't mean too much either. But I think the one thing I'm wondering is, at what point when you have a new defensive coordinator, does it become important for you to be there with the rest of the group and just kind of, you know, go through the installs and go through the, um, you know, the portion of practice where you, you line up and, and look at all the formations and things like that. So maybe there will be some time where Bosa still, you know, figuring that out while everyone else is, is on the same page. That being said, I mean, Bosa is so talented that <laughs> I think uh, we won't even notice. But, yeah, that at some point I think you do start to worry. And I, I would put that point at around, like, the preseason games. If we get to, the, like, the second, third preseason game and this still isn't done, um, you know, I'm, I'm sweating a little bit. But, you know, I, I do feel good that it's going to get done at some point. You're on mute. Sorry. I always do that once a show. Right now, it's like on keep an eye on it territory, right? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not nervous yet, but I'm almost nervous. And yes. yesterday was the first time John Lynch kind of talked about, hey, I know Nick Bosa is a physical specimen, but everybody needs a little time to sort of ramp up to this thing, which is just a little different than sort of the rhetoric that we had heard before, which was, oh, you know, Nick Bosa is great. It's fine. Everything is cool. So you can tell it's getting to a point now where things need to get done. And look, I don't like the general terms of this thing are not going to be hard to figure out. You look at TJ Watt, you look at Aaron Donald, you look at the numbers, like the ballpark is not hard to get in. What I'm sure they're fighting about now is how much guaranteed money is there in year one, year two, year three. I think Joey Bosa's contract was fully guaranteed for the first three years, which I'm sure, you know, obviously players want as much of that as possible. So I think what's going to happen ultimately is everyone's going to puff out their chests and stand firm. And then the de whatever deadline they come up with or when this thing has to get done by, I think eventually both sides are going to budge a little bit. And I think it's going to get done. I don't think Bosa is going to get um, like mad about the negotiations. Like I know that uh, Debo was frustrated and Trent was a little frustrated. and Kittle was definitely frustrated with how the 49ers do business. Bosa doesn't strike me as that. He looked to me. He seems like a guy who gets that 
the business is separate from all of it. So we're not worried yet, but potentially we could be, but ultimately I think it will get done. John Lynch, uh, he didn't touch his face when he was talking about that. So I feel good, but people want to know Steph, when are we going to get your Nick Bosa impression of the contract talks? Um, I suppose that that should be coming soon. Yeah, I've had so many people request that. Yes. Um, the issue is that I'm not at home right now. You know, I'm I'm at my sister's place, so I don't really quite have the setup or the room to to do, uh, you know, something here. I'll try to figure something out, though. Yes, we need it. We absolutely need it. I love when you drop the Bose impressions. I know you, you put them everywhere. What's your TikTok? Because I know you're on TikTok also. My TikTok is the same as all my social platforms. Steph49K. So there you make go. sure you guys check those out. I also post them to Instagram now. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll do another one. Hopefully they wait at least another week then. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right. that I can I can do one. Um, and then for sure, I'll do one after he gets the extension as well. There you go. So the new Bosa impression is going to drop soon. Stay tuned for that. Thank you, everybody, for all your questions and your comments. Steph, thanks to you for waking up early for us. We always appreciate it. And for being boots on the ground at practice. We're so, so grateful for all your insight. Follow Steph at Steph49K, like she just said. Follow and uh, like, subscribe, whatever, to both the YouTube channels, Gold Standard and Steph49K. And you can follow uh, Gold Standard Network on the socials too, at GSN49ers. Steph, have a hell of a day too at practice. Thank you, sir. Peace. Peace.